1: Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley milne This time, as many of us go back into lockdown, we need to get used to working from home. But it's not easy.
2: It was hard to figure out psychologically, how do you feel productive for the day if you haven't gone anywhere? How do you know the day is over? Uh, Is it sometimes hard to get in work mode or get out of work mode, which is actually more of a, a problem for many people?
1: How to work better from home. Coming up on The Broad Experience. Depending on where you live, you may well be experiencing an echo of what we all went through earlier this year, being in lockdown and working from home. It's definitely part of what's happening to women's careers right now. And while some people have enjoyed this break from their regular workplace and ditching the commute, we don't all fall into that category. Throw in the stresses of caring for children and monitoring their homeschooling, And working from home looks a lot different than it did pre-pandemic. Laura Vanderkam is a work-from-home veteran. You've heard her on the show before and probably a lot of other places as well. She's an author and podcaster. She writes a lot about time use and productivity. And I last spoke to her in 2015 for a show about how women can better manage their time. A few months ago, she came out with a new book, Inspired by the Pandemic. It's called The New Corner Office How the Most Successful People Work From Home.
2: I recognized in March that a lot of people were trying to work in an entirely new way and they were looking for content about how to do it well. Um, and to me, you know, I've been working from home for something like 18 years. It didn't seem like rocket science to me. But then I thought back to, what my first year was like of working from home. And I realized that, you know, I was kind of a mess. Like it was hard to figure out psychologically, how do you feel productive for the day if you haven't gone anywhere? How do you know the day is
1: over? How do you avoid rearranging the kitchen cabinets or falling down internet rabbit holes instead of working? Those are a couple of my problems as another fairly long-time worker from home In fact, it's why in pre-COVID times I used to rent a shared workspace or use the local library as my office at least a couple of days a week. Being away from home helped keep me focused on work. But for most of us, those aren't options anymore, at least for now. And I don't even have kids. Laura has five. Her eldest is 13. Her youngest is 10 months old. She has a nanny, as you might expect, but childcare has been a huge problem for so many people during the pandemic before we get into the the sort of some of the nitty-gritty of the of the book i want to acknowledge that you know i think some people even now probably don't have access to daycare they are still lacking the supports that they had up to mid march depending where in the country or where in the world they live and so ah oh, it, it it's just it's so hard to get work done when you also have children underfoot, particularly really little children who need your attention and want your attention all the time, right? I mean, how do you deal with that?
2: Well, yeah, it is is—it is incredibly challenging. And thinking back, you know, I, I've talked with many people who wanted to work from home for years. I mean, this is not a new interest of mine. Um, you know, people say, well, I, I'd like to work from home and, you know, oh, maybe I could save money on childcare. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like if you're working from home, you are still working. Which means that you cannot be the adult in charge of your young children during the hours you intend to work. Now, of course, people lost their childcare situations or realize that school isn't actually childcare, right? So when the school closes, all of a sudden you're stuck with them, you know, providing the custodial care of your kids, uh, even if they're doing distance learning. Um, I would say there's a, there's a couple things to recognize here is that 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 fundamental thing has not changed. Like it really is pretty much impossible to focus on work if you are caring for young kids. So you have to come up with some situation that can work. So if you have a partner who is also working from home, the best option tends to be to split the week.
1: She has a piece on her blog about this. I'll link you to it in the show notes. The idea is that each partner works for a set number of totally focused hours each week, while the other partner takes care of the kids. Then they switch.
2: But, you know, to do that requires two people to totally be in it together and, like, say, okay, we are going to stick with this schedule. And when I am on with the kids, I'm not just keeping them safe. Like, I'm keeping them out of your office and away from you. Like, that's the job. Um, And both parties have to sort of do that. Um, You know, I think where it becomes a problem is when uh, couples don't necessarily have that discussion and have that basic agreement on, on you know, making sure that each party is coming for the other. Now, you, you don't have to do this with a partner. If you have a relative um, who's in the same situation as you, for instance, you know, like a sibling or cousin who also has kids, similar ages, you can swap for each other and do the same schedule, uh, or a neighbor. I would also recommend people try to hire childcare. You know, if you can't send the kids somewhere, if there is somebody that you could trust um, to come into your home for a certain number of hours a week um, who has, you know, similar philosophies to you on, on how much social distancing is going on. Because it, like, long-term, it doesn't work. Like, you know, it is, it is pretty much impossible to care for a two-year-old and work. You'll, you'll be pulled in multiple directions all the time. Like, you're going to get so much more done in two hours of focused work And then two hours dealing with your kid versus four hours going back and forth. Like that's making people feel fragmented and distracted and unhappy. And so I am saying to people, I know it's challenging. I know there are a lot of bad situations right now. But do what you can to get some focused hours. Um, Yes, it might cost more money. um, But maybe there are categories you are not spending on in 2020. Like, you know, you're not taking that big trip. Like maybe that money can move into a different budget category um, because your career is in fact worth it.
1: But what if you're not a parent? Rather than feeling like you don't have enough time for your work, we non-parents often feel like our work could fill the whole day. And it can be hard to introduce boundaries between work time and non-work time. It all mushes together, especially now when there's so little else to do. I asked Laura how important it is to have boundaries. People have
2: different feelings about this. If you are the sort of person who thinks you would benefit from more strict boundaries, though, and I know a lot of people are like this, um, then there's a couple of things you can do. Close your computer, close the door, have a workspace you cannot see. That helps. But obviously, it's it's psychological as well. And so I think it helps to come up with some sort of way to indicate to yourself that the day is done. You know, if there's some sort of ceremony you can have, like I write in my journal about the end of the day, or my I call my manager and say goodbye, I call a colleague and say goodbye, you know, I go walk the dog. I write my to-do list for tomorrow. That's actually a very good way to close out the day because then you can stop thinking about all the stuff that you have going on that you know you have to do because you've got a plan for it. Hey, look. Here is my schedule for tomorrow. Here's what I'm doing. This is when I have planned to tackle these things. And so now I have decided that I am done marching for the day um, so I can, you know, rest to march again tomorrow.
1: She says it also helps to think of your work day not in hours, but rather as a series of tasks
2: you know, these are the three to five main tasks I have to do today. And if I do all these, it will have been a great day. It's a challenging but doable day. And then when those are done, you are done. Um, And and you know it's been a great day because you've set these three to five goals as this would be a challenging but doable day. And so then, you know, you usually can give yourself a little bit more permission to relax. Uh, If all of that does not work, then you need to be slightly more aggressive about scheduling things into your personal life that will force you to stop. Um, so many years ago, when I was first working from home, you know, I didn't have any sort of caregiving responsibilities. So there was nothing forcing a stop on the workday, you know, no sitter who had to go home or anything like that. So I would, you know, half work, half surf the web into the evening, doing nothing of importance, but not feeling relaxed either. And so I wound up joining three community choirs. And that allowed me to say, you know, three nights a week, well, I have to stop at six, because I have to get ready to go be at rehearsal at seven. And it made me much more efficient. And, and because I had this commitment, I knew the day would, would end. And, you know, I couldn't just blow it off. Three. Wow, that's <laughs> a lot of singing. I needed a lot. <laughs> well, I had nothing else going on. I mean, literally, to, to get myself out of the house, that was what I needed to do. Um, but having some commitments in your personal life is is key um, because you will blow off like a general desire to stop work. Like, what is that? Like, you don't respect that. Other people won't respect that. But, oh, I'm, you know, doing online tutoring for, you know, high school students at seven o'clock. Well, nobody wants to keep you from doing that. <laughs> like, so they're, they're, they will respect that in a way that they won't just respect, like, yep, leaving.
1: What I found quite useful for making me stop is booking an online class right at six o'clock. There's a Pilates class I really like that starts at six and it's all happening from the same computer where I do my work. But when I book that, I know I have to be done by 5.55 and I won't go back online afterwards. And if you live alone, these online classes are also a really nice way to see other humans not connected to your workplace. There's a sense of shared goals and doing something you all enjoy that really cheered me up, especially during the early days of lockdown. I spoke to Laura back at the start of October. And before she and I sat down together, virtually, a few of you on Facebook brought up things you'd like to ask her about. One of you asked this about sticking to routines. She said, does Laura have any any tips about people with neurodiverse brains, especially people who struggle with maintaining routines and structure long after the fun of making them has gone away?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, we all have different uh, affinities for for routines, Uh, some like them and some don't. But I think, you know, if this person knows herself, uh, then you, you sort of know like what are the structures that help you be your best and often being your best is incredibly motivational and so maybe it's that you set like certain rules for yourself um, you know I will always do X I will spend an hour on X first thing in the morning and then I will let the day be a little bit more free form but I know if I spend an hour a day doing X the day will go better and so I will feel better or maybe this person needs to you know set timers or, or put alarms for taking breaks at certain times um, maybe she has a tendency to sort of not do that, and then get distracted by things that are um, maybe not the you know, what she would actively choose to spend time on. So then maybe you need some sort of alarm to bring you back to the present. Say, okay, well, I'll take a ten minute break, um, and then reevaluate what I'm what I'm working on. Um, some people benefit from having accountability partners, uh, someone that they would check in on, with and say, well, you know, we've decided to have this certain template for our days because we think it'll make us work better. Let's check in at the end of the day. How do we do? We're going to rate ourselves one to ten.
1: Someone else asked how to get time for yourself and time for you and your partner during all this. I know this person has three kids. Laura says time for yourself is actually easier because you can have your partner take over the kids while you do something you want to do and vice versa. Time for your relationship, she says, that's harder. In the case of her and her husband,
2: we tried to... Go have a drink together on the porch um, at night after the baby is in bed, for instance, um, and the other kids are doing whatever, I don't know, watching horrible stuff on YouTube, but just let go and uh, try to find some spot, you know, in your residence or outside, you know, put folding chairs on the balcony or backyard or whatever you have in the driveway um, and just... It doesn't have to be an incredible amount of time, even just deciding, okay, we're going to try and spend 15 to 20 minutes talking with each other without the distractions of kids like two to three times a week. It's it's something, you know, it's not the long weekend trip to Paris that you might want, but well, nobody's doing that right now. So take what you can get. <music>
1: I haven't done this in a while, but I want to let you know about a new podcast series. It's called Work It, and the two hosts won a podcast competition in Charlotte, North Carolina last year. They beat out 400 other entries to win. Their names are Stephanie Hale and Jill Bierce, and they have conversations with people about their relationship with their jobs and how it shapes their view of the world. That includes the theme of pain with a doula and a piercer and a lawyer, and the idea of success with a barber and a stay-at-home mom. Gain a new perspective on work and life. Check out Work It on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Not to mention on wfae.org slash work it.
0: Hold up.
1: There's a chapter in the new corner office called Getting the Rhythm Right, and it struck a chord with me. It stresses that many of us working from home have the opportunity to do our work when it best suits us. I know that I am really much more of a morning person, and it was good to be reminded that if I have something challenging to do, I should do it at the time of day when my motivation and energy are at their highest.
2: Yeah, you want to match the right work to the right time. One of the upsides of remote work is that it can be more self-directed, but part of that is figuring out when you should do various kinds of work. And if you are the sort of person who works best in the morning on difficult and complicated things, and that is the case for most people, we are better able to handle those things in the morning, then by all means, put that work in the morning. Uh, Save the status meetings and the email checking and all that for later in the day when you're a little bit more tired and you don't actually need to be your best self.
1: And one of her readers suggested something that's maybe even more important, which is if you are someone who expects to be regularly interrupted during the day, try to get in at least an hour of focused work really early in the morning. That way you get a head start on the day. And if your day gets torpedoed by other people, at least you'll have got that time in first thing. Can we talk for a minute about the differences between being someone, well, like for instance, I, you and I both essentially work for ourselves. I mean, sometimes I work on projects when I am being managed, but, but largely I am very much used to managing my own time. But then there are people who have just been launched into this work from home situation who, you know, you're working for a company, you're being managed from your home computer. And then there are all those people who are managers. Talk about how do you manage a team from home? Well, I think it's really an opportunity
2: to shift management more to managing by task rather than time. You know, there's been a lot of lazy management in the world that you assume because you see a row of people sitting in your office at their computers, looking busy. That stuff must be getting done. Um, Who knows? Is it getting done? Well, that's that's not always apparent by the fact that they're sitting there at their computers. When you have a team working remotely, obviously you can't rely on that at all, and certainly in the first days of the pandemic, there were a lot of uh, organizations requiring everyone to like check in on a video chat at nine o'clock, I guess, to make sure they were up and not watching Netflix or something like that. But yeah, that's, that's not uh, really the, the danger with, with professional employees. I think you really need to help employees manage their time well. And partly what this can be is, you know, having conversations with each of your direct reports of like, well, what would be a challenging but doable week. Like if you got through the end of the week and did these these things, what would it be? And what would make it be a really good week? And let's set those goals on on Friday, looking forward to the next week. And then we'll check in again next Friday and see what got done and what your priorities then are for the next week.
1: I was really surprised to hear that some companies actually wanted to check in with their people at the beginning of the day.
2: Yeah, a lot of places were, you know, doing these 9 a.m. check-ins, which it's just, there's so much so wrong about that, that it's just hard to hard to know where to start um lack of trust yeah it's a lack of trust if people who are working from home are in fact working like i i don't know why there was this worry that people were going to watch netflix all day if they were working from home like if you are managing people who are engaged employees they're going to be engaged employees where wherever they are like the location
1: is not what's going to turn somebody into a slacker do you think working from home is going to be much more common from this point forward I think it has to be. I mean,
2: you know, it was growing in the past quite a bit. But there were many organizations that were not using it to the extent that they probably could. And I interviewed business leaders in the past. I think I used this quote in the book that, um, you know, one, one gentleman had been talking about remote work as a future trend his organization needed to be aware of. But he's like, of course, it would never work for us. Well, I can tell you that that organization, they are all working from home right now. And as far as I can tell, they haven't gone out of business. So it's possible that it could work for them, that their emails and meetings and phone calls were not so different from everybody else's that they could not possibly be done remotely. The problem is people often tend to see this as either or because when you say like, oh, great remote work. They're like, but we have to do work in person. It's like, well, nobody's saying you don't. But there is a way to do some work in person and some work remote. And in many cases, there's certain kind of work that is best done in person. And there's certain kind of work that is best done remotely. And if you have sort of a hybrid situation, you can get the best of both worlds. You could also hire from far more afield, which is a great upside for getting different talent. Uh, if you have a situation where people can come into the office for one week a month, because that's what will be more efficient for travel, you you can hire from anywhere right like you can just you know fly people in for one week a month they stay in a hotel um then you know they work from anywhere in the world the rest of the time uh, and you'll still have the benefits of having pretty frequent in person interaction but like i find it hard to believe that the best people for your business possibly ever live all within a mo- you know one hour of you so the idea of being able to hire more broadly is is just a huge upside
1: But one downside of the whole pandemic is the effect it's having on women's careers, whether or not they're working from home. I mentioned to Laura the recent McKinsey Lean In report that found more than one in four women in corporate America are considering downsizing their careers or leaving the workforce altogether. And that report came out right around the same time as U.S. jobs data that showed hundreds of thousands of women had left the workforce. Laura certainly believes in the power of the individual to do things for herself.
2: Now, obviously, I'm not saying organizations can't do a million other things to be better about this. I mean, you know, I'm I'm great. I'm glad to hear that McKinsey is interested in this. I'm sure there's things they can do too, right? Like it's any company can manage differently, manage by task rather than time. Like don't require the 9 a.m. check-in. Don't judge people based on hours in a seat you know, understand that people have lives and that keeping people is is a bigger benefit right now than the short-term thinking of, oh, this is an A plus employee who's suddenly doing, you know, B level work. Oh, we better get rid of that person. It's like, okay, well Actually, it's probably more efficient to have an A plus employee do B level work for a year and then be back to A plus rather than trying to hire someone to replace that person who's going to do the equivalent of their like C minus for at least like six months until they, you know, get on get get ready and get on board. So trying to understand that generally everyone is doing their best is great. And then I also think people themselves, you know, women in particular, need to figure out what will make daily life doable and understand that their ability to concentrate and focus should be a family priority. Um, And if it is not, you need to figure out what's going wrong and how you can enlist the support to make that possible.
1: She urges women to try every avenue before succumbing to the pressures of the pandemic.
2: I hope that people who are considering leaving their positions will really think hard about that. It reminds me of the sort of, The rough moments, um, rough months when people like come back from maternity leave, I think pretty much anyone who's had a regular job and has come back from having a baby has had that moment of like, I should quit um, because it's so hard for the first few months, but it does get better. And so you want to make sure you're not making a life altering decision Based on a few months of um, some difficulties, so same with this. You want to make sure that if, if you want to quit your job because that's your long term plan, like awesome, great. Um, but if it is because the current situation is challenging, you might also ask yourself, well, what could I do to make this better, and try that. And if that works, great. If it doesn't, then you again you can reevaluate, but um, you might want to try to improve the situation first.
1: Laura Kam. her new book, it's available as an ebook, is the New Corner Office. I'll link you to Laura's site and some other information about that split-the-week idea under this episode at thebroadexperience.com. That's the broad experience for this time. Next time on the show, we hear from a professional woman who would have loved to have had kids running in and out of her Zoom meetings, but she's single and going through this time alone. I haven't touched another person since late February. No hugs, no comforting hand-holding, no nothing. And so it's, it is a very unique experience and it, it doesn't get a lot of exposure. More on that in the next episode, as we continue this series about what is happening to women's careers right now. And do check out the new podcast, Work It, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or WFAE.org slash Work It. I'm Ashley milne Thanks for listening. See you next time How old
0: up?